I am loved. And anytime you're thinking about, you know, oh, I'm so lonely, no one loves me. No, go back to the affirmation of, okay, I am loved, I am loved. And say that to yourself and then begin to visualize, okay, how are you loved? Are you loving yourself? Do you have a family that loves you? Do you have friends that love you? And it's a tool that you can use until you start to feel better. And the more you kind of say that and get in that state, you'll slowly start to experience yourself feeling better. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast meant to expand your consciousness with new age wisdom, advice, empowerment, and inspiration. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Wednesday for an insightful conversation with guests whom are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said, let's thrive. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Thrive. We are at episode 17, I believe, which blows my mind because it still feels like yesterday when I just started this. (laughs) And I know you guys have probably realized this by now, but I'm a bit of a scatterbrain, especially when it comes to podcasting. There's so many parts of it that I have to remember, and I should write them down and make a nice little schedule, but I don't, and that's okay. It's just how I work. But nevertheless, I recorded this episode actually like a month or two ago, and it just got put on the back burner. So it's finally edited, finished, and here you go. Today we are talking with the truly spectacular, and I know I say this every time, but today's guest is unlike any others. Her name is Anna from the popular Instagram The Road to Anna, and she is next level. We're taking things a bit differently than previous episodes have been, and we're kind of entering into you know, the normal stuff, but then also we're touching on what some people might consider woo-woo or spirituality if you want to, such as astrology, manifestation, affirmations. You'll hear all about it in today's episode. She is truly amazing, and I'm still honored that I had the chance to talk with her and, to this day, keep in contact with her. Anna's journey begins when she was young she had some health issues arise and through her journey navigating them, she came to a place where she started her own blog that was up and functioning before blogs were really a thing. She gave a TEDx talk at the age of 17, which blows my mind. Shortly after that, she got into modeling, she's traveled, and then she moved on to photography. And I think this is amazing, but she's at the point now where she's worked alongside brands such as Toyota, Facebook, Adidas, and many more that you'll hear us talk about, which is amazing. I mean, I just find that so neat. I I don't know. And after that, we delve into then how she got into things such as astrology, manifestation, and affirmations. She gives us what I like to think of as a 101 on each of them. So we touch, you know, lightly on astrology, what it is, what you can expect from it. She even gives a small, you know, rather generalized reading of my sun and moon sign. And as you'll hear her explain in the episode, it's something that you kind of need, you know, a bit more of an overall look at. So after the episode, she actually gave a reading to me of my entire astrological chart, which blew my mind. Wow. I need an entire episode in itself just to discuss that. But nevertheless, you'll hear, you know, in the episode, she gives kind of like the generalized 
um, explanation of my sun and moon sign so you can get an idea of it. But as she suggests in here and as I'm suggesting now, if this stuff interests you, I highly recommend you get like a professional reading done. And she offers them even better. And I trust her a thousand percent. She knew things from my reading that no one knows. And she knew that just by looking at my chart. So that's amazing. And after that, we go into manifestation. She explains what it is, what her practice is, and some really neat stories of things she's manifested into her life. And I give my kind of manifestation story. It's, you know, the closest I think I've really come to it. And that was how I believe I manifested my trip to Expo West. And you'll hear that in the episode. So stay tuned for that. She also explains what affirmations are, which is something you've probably heard if you're on Instagram, and if you're like me, you might not know what exactly they are. Well, Anna breaks down what they are and how you can use them in your day-to-day -day life. If you're interested in learning more of anything I just talked about and what we talk about in the episode, she has done saved, like, Instagram stories and IGTVs on all these topics. You can find her on Instagram at the Road to Anna, all lowercase, that's it, I'll link it below. You can find out more information on those topics, more information on her. You can be inspired by her every single day as I am. She's just an amazing person. So without further ado, oh, well, remember, if you liked today's episode, please leave a rate and review. I'd highly appreciate it. And if you like this episode, if something resonates with you, go ahead and share it on Instagram. Tag me on your stories literally brings a smile to my face every time I see you guys do that. It shows me that you guys are listening and that you like this and that I'm doing something right. <laughs> so without further ado, here we go. So thank you so much for doing this again. Um, it just means the world to me, honestly, to have people like you say yes to this. So thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you for having me. And thank you again for being so accommodating the other day. Like, it was just, I was not in a good frame of mind. And I was like, I know if I'm doing this, I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret. So it's better to reschedule than like, not go in with negative energy, you know? <laughs> no, I feel that. And it was so funny. You sent that message because I was, I was having the same kind of day. And um, it's hilarious, like how podcasts, like, actually, like depend on the energy. I mean, I've had ones where people just come in and immediately I know it's, you know, yeah, it really shows. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh my God, of course, of course. Um, yeah, I'm just so honored that you asked me to be a part of your podcast and I'm so glad. Sorry, I'm just going to like You're mute <laughs> on my computer, put it on Do Not Disturb. Oh God, I told, yeah. Anyway, I'm just super grateful that you asked me to be a part of this podcast and I'm super honored that you wanted to talk to me. I always find it so funny when people are like, I don't know, like I had something interesting to say because I feel so like just normal and casual and whatever. And so, yeah, it's just really exciting. <laughs> oh yeah. Know that you are a very spectacular being. So I'm, I'm so happy for this. Okay. So before we get officially started, I always ask the guests, um, what's one thing that has made you smile today? Oh man. Um, my so last night was my or yesterday was my 21st birthday and so a bunch of my friends and I got um, a hotel room in San Francisco and so we woke up early this morning and I got to spend some quality time with my best friend she's actually leaving on Friday for six months to go hike the Pacific Crest Trail which is 
2,000 miles um, that runs from Mexico up to Canada. And so she, I'm not going to see her for the next six months. So getting to just like have coffee and talk to her and just have breakfast and have quality time, I think was just the most amazing thing and totally made me smile. That is so sweet and happy belated birthday too. That was... Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Aw, well, I love that. And yeah, it's nice when you just have those simple moments with friends to reconnect and it means so much. Oh my God, it so does. I'm just like savoring like every bit of time. After this, I'm actually going to her going away party. So it's like sweet night. <laughs> yeah. Aw. Okay, well, I guess we'll get officially started now. And so would you mind just sharing with us where your journey begins and give the listeners an idea of who you are? Yeah, so my name is Hana, and I'm the founder of The Road to Hana, which is an overarching lifestyle collective and encompassing photography and writing and art and spirituality. But my journey did not begin here. So to kind of take you all the way back to um, when I was in high school, I was training to be a professional ballerina and I was training about 15 hours a week and was dedicated to the fact that as soon as I graduate, I'm moving across the country to New York City. I'm going to audition for companies. I'm going to be a ballerina. And then once I retire, I'm going to be a choreographer and that's going to be that. And I'm just going to dance my whole life. And I was pretty set on that plan. And I'd been dancing since I was two years old. So my parents really supported that idea. And then halfway through my junior year of high school, I had a really bad injury and also a change of heart and realized I don't want to starve for this art. I don't want a career that's done by 25. Um, I don't want a career that doesn't pay and very well. And sure, you shouldn't go into a career for the money, but ballerinas are very, very, very poor for the most part, unless you're at the 1%. And I didn't want a career that was so hyper-focused on my body and my body meeting certain ideals that were kind of impossible for me. Um, I'm short, I'm five foot, uh, just under five one. And, um, you know, ballerina's supposed to be tall and lanky. And so there was just a lot of contributing factors that really I was, had opened my eyes to and realized, okay, I don't think this is for me. I don't think this is my path. Now, I've been a writer since I was about 10 years old. Um, I started writing stories one day and just never stopped. It was always my therapy growing up. It was the one thing that kept me sane. I'd go to school, I'd come home, go to dance, come home from that, and I would just write until the early hours of the morning until I had to go to school. And I'd come back and I'd do it all over again. So um, once I stopped dancing or kind of cut back on dancing for a while, I decided to focus all my attention on writing. And I'd always written short stories, but I'd never tackled a novel until my, the summer between my, um, I think it was my junior and senior year, or it was my sophomore and junior year, one of the two. I, I wrote my first novel and I wrote it in a month and a half. And it was a fantasy novel and it was kind of the most enthralling experience of my life. I kind of realized like, oh my God, this is, what I meant to do. This is so easy. I don't have to force it. With ballet, I felt like I was forcing everything. But with writing, it felt like, oh my God, this just flows and just comes out so easily. And so I began to write and write. And I wrote um, about four more novels in the course of about another year and a half. And then 
it was kind of funny because as I was writing, I was sharing stuff online and I kind of realized that, okay, there's so many parts of me. Yes, I love writing, but I love sharing myself um, online in this way. Um, and it was kind of funny because to backtrack, I was bullied a lot growing up. I was bullied really poorly for things such as the color of my skin, um, the way I dressed. I was always just that different kid and I never related to kids my own age. And so when I was 12, my I had a family member show me a girl who was a blogger. And this was before blogging was ever a thing. And she was like, Connor, you should do this. You could be so good at it. And I thought about it and I'd always want to do it, but I kind of bookmarked it until later. And it wasn't until I was 16 when I had written this first novel, kind of in that same period. It's funny, it's like this transformative period of like stopping dancing, writing my first book, and then having this epiphany of, oh my God, I should start putting myself out there on social media and not to, you know, be an influencer, which I, I hate that term so much because that's never been something that I've associated with yet. I feel like I'm lumped into that category now. Um, but I digress. Um, yeah, I kind of saw it as this opportunity of here's a place where I can say whatever I want and no one can shut me up. I can say whatever I've wanted to say all these years, express my opinions. And if, People don't like it, they don't have to follow. And I can share my writing with potentially more people. The only thing I ever wanted at that time was to be heard. I have a very strong personality and a strong voice and have always felt like that was encouraged around my family, but never around my peers. Um, and so now having a space where I was like, okay, I'm opening myself up to a world of people this is either going to go really good or really bad. I just hope one person finds my voice and resonates with it. Like if I can help one person with my writing and my experiences, that would be the most incredible thing. And so I began having my mom take pictures of me every single day in front of um, my house before school. And I would write something honest about my day, whether it was good, whether it was bad, I shared kind of everything and then also shared bits and pieces of my writing and never truly expected it to go anywhere. Um, until it quickly took off. And then um, from there, I started getting approached by modeling agencies to do professional modeling. This is about a year later. And it was something I had never thought I could do. I always wanted to do it, but being petite and having the complexion that I do, I never thought that it would be possible for me. And so basically I spent about a year and a half um, working as a professional model in San Francisco and LA. And that was, pretty crazy. Um, that was a weird experience and I'm glad I did it, but I also knew during the time that it wasn't for me. I did some national ad campaigns and it was really fun, but I was like, this is not my path. Um, and all the while, little opportunities kept falling into place. I had an opportunity in 2017 when I was 19 to give a TED talk and that was by far the most surreal and incredible experience of my life. Um, I've had the opportunity to travel and work with so many different brands and companies. Um, UCLA flew me out one year to come to their environmental sciences gala and talk about sustainability and veganism. I went to, I've worked with, um, Adidas and I've done campaigns with Toyota and Facebook and it's been surreal. And sometimes I can't wrap my brain around how all of these things happen, but now, as I reflect on the previous few years, I really get to a place where my spirituality has been at the heart of it. And 
I grew up in a very spiritual household. My mom was always reading tarot cards and um, like having crystals around the house and bought me a copy of this book called The Secret when I was 12 years old, but didn't really resonate for me um, until I was about 17 and picked this stuff up again. And it became the driving force in my life because there was a period of time throughout high school where I was very depressed, very anxious. And this is, and turning to my spirituality really helped me pull myself out of that and really transform my own life. And it's funny when I was putting myself out there, I always thought like, this is going to be too woo woo. This is going to be too hippie. People aren't going to like me talking about this. It's going to be too weird. I can't share it. And I think I have this epiphany about maybe a year and a half ago where I just kind of said screw it and started writing more about the stuff that kind of filled my soul, such as astrology and the metaphysical and the law of attraction and energy in the universe and tarot and crystals and all the things that I loved in my personal life but never had the courage to share. And that has led me down completely different path. And so now I like to say that I, my whole goal is to help people create light through spiritual wellness using the tools of manifestation, affirmation, and astrology. So I help people to really tap into their own power and better their own lives while at the same time, um, at the same time, oh, sorry, losing my train of thought. Um, while at the same time sharing my work through art, so that's continued through my writing, um, and I share personal pieces, but most of it is towards the self-help sphere now. And I'm also a full-time photographer, which is something that totally happened by accident in the midst of all of this craziness. So in a nutshell, that is my story. <laughs> I'm absolutely amazed, and this is what I, I knew I had to have you on here. Um, your journey just reminds me so much of my own. And yeah, I really connect with you on the whole um, aspect of writing. Uh, that was like such a release for me when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I'd start writing little stories and just always writing, taking as many English classes as possible. And it's, yeah, that's always, I've always connected with that. And yeah, you, you have lived so much in, <laughs> in your 21 years. Wow. I, I'm just amazed. I mean, you, you've done so much, you've experienced so much. And I think that's, it's like, you just, I think that's why I was like so drawn to you. And like, I find you so inspiring and empowering because you literally like, you're speaking from a place of knowing and understanding and experience. And I'm just blown away. <laughs> Thank you. It's so funny because I sit here and um, I'm so honored and humbled to hear you say that. But then it's like, Part of me has my days where I sit here and I'm like, I'm so boring. Like, why, what, am, what am I even doing? And I think I say that not to, I guess, downplay my own achievements because one thing that I'm really working on this year is learning to honor that and take credit for it in a way that's, um, I guess, honoring the space that that creates. But at the same time, it's just really surreal for me and really funny um, because I'm just a pr person that gets these like, kind of crazy little impulses and I just run for them. I jump off the edge of that cliff, I go for it. And my whole thing is if I crash and burn and fail, I'd rather do that than, you know, never do it. And so that's kind of, I guess, what's contributed to this wild, wild journey. But I never in a million years expected that I would end up where I am right now, but truly couldn't be happier. And 
yeah, it's just really humbling to hear you say that because again, I have my moments too of feeling like, what? I'm so boring. <laughs> and I think it also comes back, like you were open to it all. You were, you, you had that mentality of, I don't care, like universe, throw it at me. And that's such a, like, admirable and amazing uh, to have. And I'm trying to like step, step into my power, you know, like believe fully and just embrace things more so out of curiosity and love than out of fear and like taking possibilities, like starting a podcast and traveling, you know, all over and meeting people. And so, yeah, I just, I think, yeah, it comes back to you're, you're so open to these opportunities and I mean, you said your mom was into the spirituality side of things. So growing up, I guess, did you have that mentality then of like, do it, dream it, do it, go for it, just follow your passions? In a sense, um, I feel very grateful that my parents always encouraged me. They always told me, you know, do whatever you want to do. And as long as it's not harming anyone, we'll support you. And so my, it's funny because my mom was always into the spiritual and she didn't get super into it until a few years ago, but there was always that kind of underlying notion of um, the sense that there's this universal energy working for you. But I'm going to be completely honest that it wasn't until I was maybe 17, 18 that I really started to implement it into my life. And I was pretty lost for most of, most of my high school years. And beforehand, I just really didn't have a lot of self-confidence. I really didn't Um, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I've always kind of had this fire under my butt to get going. And I've always kind of had this crazy determination and ambition. And while I think some of that's innate, I also attribute it to the fact that my dad pushed me really hard growing up. He, um, he's a public speaker as well. And he has his own business, his own medical practice. And, um, he's always, been traveling and doing different lectures and seminars and courses and things like that. And so he always really pushed me, especially being the eldest child, super hard to kind of have that ambition and that drive to do something and make something out of yourself, um, whether that was in school or in my career. So growing up, I was just always super hyper career focused. And it wasn't necessarily in terms of like, money or anything, because that didn't come until much later. But it was like anything I did in life, that I was passionate about. I threw my whole heart and soul into it and I annoyed everyone around me because I wouldn't stop talking about it. I wouldn't stop doing it. It was just, it would consume my life. And that's something that um, is very much still part of my personality today is once I have my eyes set on something, like there is no changing my mind. There is no like telling me to stop. Like I just kind of go for it and don't look back. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's a, it's a good personality to have to, you know what I mean? Like get places and to get done what you, you know, really want to get done in life. And um, I'm sure that helped you also with the Ted talk. And so if you don't mind just maybe sharing, like you don't have to like go, you know, too in depth, but if you just kind of want to give like, what emotions did you feel during this? What was your biggest takeaway from standing on that stage in front of those people and being able to share what you're passionate about and using your words vocally? in that sense? I think the overwhelming feeling from that experience was gratitude. Um, I grew up watching TED Talks with my dad. We watched them religiously and always told each other, like, wouldn't it be so cool to be on that stage one day? Wouldn't that be so fun? And 
it was always kind of a distant dream for me and never in a million years did I think at 19 I would be standing on that red circle on that stage speaking to an audience of three four hundred people and having it broadcast again across the world and it was surreal it was surreal and the only feeling that I could really feel once I finished my talk and got off that stage was gratitude um, I will say though it was definitely the scariest thing I'd ever done in my life I was super nervous beforehand but I told myself before, like, you know, it's going to go exactly as it should be. It's going to be okay. And try to talk myself down out of that anxiety because I'm a hundred percent my own worst critic and I get on my own case so often. And so I was trying not to get in my own head. Um, and that's probably the biggest piece of advice I would get when it comes to doing any sort of public speaking or big opportunity like this is just don't let yourself get in your own head about it. Don't think about it too hard because you're going to psych yourself out. Just go in, you know, confident in your abilities, confident that you're here for a reason. You'll deliver your talk or your presentation or whatever you're doing exactly as you're supposed to. And it's all going to work out how it should. And so, of course, there were the nerves, but definitely biggest takeaway was gratitude. Well, I, I watched it and you seemed, I just remember I, I thought, wow, like, you, you seem so professional. I mean, and you could just tell the passion in your voice. And I think that's really what made it special was, you know, you were just putting everything and your full belief into it. And um, I just, I really loved it. I'll link it with the podcast because I think it's just amazing. I mean, it's, it's an expansion, you know, if anyone else wants to do something similar to that, you're like, watch this, you know, and tell yourself that it's possible. And Speaking of that, do, do you want to do another TED Talk at some point in your life? And if so, what, what are you thinking about? Oh, 100%. Like, I'm already planning my next talk. Like, my, yeah, I want to give a another talk, hopefully within the next two to three years. Try not to put a timeline on it. But, I mean, if an opportunity came up tomorrow to do one, I'd absolutely do it. Um, it was the best experience. One of the best experiences of my life, hands down. Um, and also, thank you for the kind words. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it and that, um, yeah, hopefully you're able to take something from it. I know it's kind of a controversial subject that I gave my talk on. And so it's always interesting hearing people's reactions to it because it's definitely a mixed bag, but um, definitely always reassuring to hear positive feedback about it. But um, in terms of my next talk, I've been debating between a couple different topics, but I think the main one is centered around manifestation and the fact that we own our own power and we have the power to have everything that we want. We don't have to settle for mediocre in life. We can really design the life the way that we want to. And um, not to go too in depth right now, because it's not something that I'm really talking about publicly, but I do have a crazy story of just manifesting something so beautiful into my life. And so kind of, I think, sharing that journey and what it taught me um, about myself and my abilities and furthermore the abilities that we have as humans here on earth um i think i'd really love to share that and really do something more on the spiritual side of things the manifestation then as your next topic and i think that would be amazing be phenomenal and i, I truly believe that you will do that so with that being said would you mind like how did you find yourself immersed suddenly into like astrology manifestation and you have your affirmations too. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Um, as I kind of mentioned earlier, um, there were all things that it's like, 
I was kind of interested in. Um, I was kind of interested in astrology my whole life. I've always associated with being an Aries, but I didn't really properly understand astrology. And it was funny because growing up, I was always like, yeah, I'm an Aries and sure I can relate to some of this, but I'm, I'm softer. I don't relate to this bold and brashness that Aries is supposed to be. I relate to the determinism and the ambition and the drive, but not the ego and not the um, stoicism. I'm definitely more emotional and artistic and sensitive. Where is this coming from? And it wasn't until um, my birthday last year, actually, where my mom had gotten me a birth chart reading with an astrologer here in Berkeley um, as a gift that I really began to see the magic of astrology. It was my first real experience with a natal chart reading. Um, I had never seen it done before. I had never I'd heard of it, but I'd never experienced it and hadn't really done much research at that point, aside from the sun and moon signs. And so seeing this in action completely blew my mind because the astrologer, you know, she went into my chart and one of the biggest things she said, the first thing she said was, you're a soft Aries, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I've said that my whole life. And she brought my attention to the fact that I'm almost equal in my Aries and Pisces energy. So my sensitivity, my artisticness, my intuition all comes from that Pisces side of me. And that's why I have that duality. And to kind of tie that back to an overarching like theme of why astrology is important is I think that it helps people to better understand themselves because I left that hour and a half reading feeling like, oh my God, I understand me now. I'm connected to myself more. I know how to nurture myself. I know how to love myself. And furthermore, I know how to tell others how to love me. And I think that was my biggest takeaway. And that's why I like to say that astrology is an art of compassion. It's something that is a beautiful tool that can help you to realize yourself and your strengths and also your weaknesses and also your troubles in life and your biggest obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. But I think there's something beautiful in knowing that and being able to learn and grow from it. Um, it's really just a, a tool of helping you connect to yourself. And so my goal is to help people see how important that can be and how useful it can be to better understanding who you are and what you need and why someone else around you is a certain way. Because I would meet people before I got into astrology and if I didn't like them or get along with them, I'd be quick to write them off. But now that I'm into astrology and have a fair understanding, if I meet someone I don't like, I'll look at their chart and I'll see, okay, this is why they are the way they are. This is what they need. This is why it clashes with me or why I can't give that to them. And I'm able to look at them with a sense of empathy and compassion that I once didn't have before, all because of this astrological output. And so that's just something that I hope to give to people and show them that this is a beautiful tool. It's not just horoscopes in the back of a magazine. It's not anything that's necessarily super ritualistic or has any sort of ties to religion or anything that may be considered a taboo. Not that religion is a taboo, but just kind of branching off of that. Um, it's something that can be beautiful and something that everybody can use to their advantage. When it comes to manifestation, um, that was something that I really came into because in 2016, there was something that I wanted that I knew I could not get myself. It was something that I knew I was called to. I needed it in my life. It was something that's going to be for my highest good, but there was no possible way it could have happened for me by myself. I needed something else. And it was in that moment that I was called towards my bookshelf at my parents' house. And it's this 
giant ceiling to floor bookshelf that's just full of books because I'm such a huge reader. Um, and I was called to pick up The Secret. As I mentioned earlier, my mom gave me that book when I was 12 and I tried to read it then, but it kind of went over my head. And so I picked it up again and it just really brought me a sense of comfort and understanding and it clicked for the first time in my life. And it was from then on that I started to play games with myself and, and the universe and be like, okay, is this actually gonna work? Is this actually gonna happen? And since then I've manifested really seemingly small things like parking spots and coffees to um, seemingly larger things such as having my own clothing line in 2017 or having certain opportunities come up. And so it kind of fell into my life by accident, but I also truly believe that nothing is by accident and everything happens for a reason. And with the affirmations, that was actually something that came up um, kind of for the moment as well. Um, in November 2017, I was kind of going through a weird emotional state and every day found myself using this deck of affirmation cards by Gabby Bernstein, who is an amazing writer and spiritual guru, essentially. And she has this deck of 52 beautiful affirmation cards that look like tarot cards, but they have affirmations on them. And I was using them every single day and they were comforting me so much. And I wanted to share them on social media, but I was like, I don't want to share someone else's work that doesn't feel right. Well, I'm a writer, so maybe I'll just try writing my own. So I did and put one up on my stories one day and got like over 150 messages from that day from people being like, oh my God, I love this. Please continue. And since then, it's become a daily thing. I've done it pretty much every day since uh, November something 2017 and don't see myself stopping anytime soon. <laughs> I love that. Wow. And as with everything else, just such a journey. And so I guess... Taking it back to astrology, um, I've been meaning to get, I want to get my chart read professionally too. So I do have one question. So yeah. I did look up my chart though, just to have, and it says that my sun is a Capricorn mm -hmm. and moon is a ta Taurus. Mm -hmm. So I know nothing about astrology. Could you just kind of, as an example for people that are new to this as well, could you just kind of tell like maybe what that means on like the basic level of sun and moon sign. For sure. So your sun sign represents your ego. It's your dominant personality. The way that I like to describe the sun sign is like taking the entire chart and condensing it into one like little sign. It's like a summary of your overall chart and represents like the essence of who you are. It's not everything, but it's like a big snapshot. And so your sun being in Capricorn, Capricorn is one of the most hardworking signs of the Zodiac. They are go-getters, they are hustlers, they are out doing things. They're an earth sign, so they're very grounded. They tend to be more logical. They also tend to be a little bit more skeptical sometimes. And that's not a bad thing, but they tend to question things. They want to know the truth about things. Um, they tend to be very good with money as well, but of course that will depend on the other aspects when it relates to finances of your chart, but this is a generalization. Um, yeah, Capricorns are very, very strong-willed. If they want something, they're going to make it happen. They're going to do it, and they're very hard workers. If you give them a task, they're going to get it done. Um, they're going to make it happen. Are they the most, most emotional sign of the Zodiac? No, they're a little more logical with their emotions um, versus they're probably more thinking rather than feeling. But they are also, when they let you into their life, they're very loving and they can be very warm and they can be very friendly. So I think that they're a very, very powerful sign. 
Um, now, when it comes to Taurus, Taurus is another very powerful sign and another earth sign. So Taurus is represented by the bull. So the bull is a very strong figure. And Tauruses are very, very strong. They're very stubborn, too. I have a Taurus ascendant, and so I definitely, that's where my stubbornness comes from. But Tauruses, while they may have this kind of rougher exterior, perhaps, or be a little bit, um, you know, strong-willed or um, strong-headed, they're very loving because they're ruled by Venus, the planet of love. So each sign of the zodiac has a planetary ruler, Mercury, Venus, um, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Um, and those kind of tell you the, in, the energies that are influencing it. So Taurus being ruled by Venus, the planet of love, Tauruses are incredibly loving. They're incredibly, um, they're incredibly sensitive. They may not be sensitive in the point where they may cry all the time, but they may feel things really deeply. And they, when, they, when, you let, when they let you into their life, they're just very, they can be very warm and nurturing and they'll have your back. They'll use that strong will and determinism to really fight for what is going to be at the best interest of both of you. Now, your moon sign, because I think I missed that part earlier, um, your moon sign represents your emotional self. It's how you are emotionally. It's your sensitivity. It's your um, sensibility. It's your way of thinking, your way of kind of interpreting the world on an emotional level, if that makes sense. Yeah, wow. I'm like chuckling silently to myself. <laughs> because even as a generalization, this is yeah, anyone who knows me, I mean, people that know me just basically probably could see this. Um, and then people that know me quite personally, that's, oh my gosh, I have to get my like entire chart read now. I'm so interested in this because like you said, I don't know, I've always had a very like, I'm working on reconnecting like mind, body, spirit, because I just had a lot of things happen. And I just, I found, I realized like I had disconnected everything. You know what I mean? Like I was just living in like an empty shell practically and so this year I've been trying to like piece everything back together and that's what's drawn me to astrology because I feel like when I every time I like learn something new about myself and come to understand something it just I don't know it allows me to kind of fuse the parts back together and so okay wow I need to get my chart read <laughs> absolutely absolutely having my chart read for the first time was such an eye-opening an incredible experience. So I definitely definitely recommend it to anyone who's even remotely interested. I want to touch on this briefly because I feel like everybody hears this, but um, I have no clue what it means. And I'm sure most people don't even know truly, but like, what is the whole Saturn return thing? If, if you feel comfortable enough to like talk about it, I don't, I don't know if you like how educated, like, I don't know. Okay. That didn't sound right. But um, I meant like, as long as you feel comfortable, like giving your input on it, if you could maybe the Saturn return and the Mercury and retrograde phenomena, because they honestly boggle me. <laughs> yeah. So they're two completely different things. So let's start with the Saturn return. So the Saturn return happens twice in people's lives. It happens about the age of 27 to 29. It's going to depend on the individual's chart. And again, um, about 56 to 58. Um, really, it's going to vary on the transit of people's chart, but that's a general timeline. And essentially what a return is, a planetary return, is when the planet has completed its full orbit and returns to the state it was, the exact state it was at the time of your birth. 
So Saturn takes quite a long time to complete its orbit. That's why it happens only twice in your life, about every like 20, 20 odd years or so. Um, and the Saturn return from what I was taught is kind of called the destruction of dreams. So Saturn is a very transformative planet. It can be good transformation. It can also be kind of negative transformation. It can set boundaries and limitations upon people and really um, set structures for how life is going to flow. So during this time in your life, when you reach your Saturn return, which I'm only speaking from an outside experience because I've not hit my Saturn return yet, um, you begin to experience this shift where you're maybe realigning and refocusing with what you actually want in life. What, like, who are you? What do you want to do with the next chapter of your life? Who do you want to be? What do you want your mark to be? All these questions and more come up during this time and hit people really hard to the point where they may feel like they're having a midlife crisis. The idea of a midlife crisis comes from the idea of the Saturn return. It's a state of everything's going crazy and I don't know what's happening. Everything is backwards and upside down and nothing's making sense. And the reason that I was talking to called the destruction of dreams in a sense is because of the fact that you may think you want something and then your Saturn return hits and you may want something totally different. You may be into things that you weren't into before or things that you loved you may have no interest in anymore. So you're really going to be redefining and realigning with this new you and this new sense of yourself. It's almost like during the Saturn return, you're a snake and you're shedding your skin and you're growing a new skin. And maybe that skin has a different pattern than the one before. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It is all about embracing this time in your life, this transformative time, and accepting it for what it is and being ready to step into this new version of yourself. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm just thinking of like family and some older friends I have and just definitely seeing maybe where, you know, like they probably didn't even know it. They have no clue about astrology, but um, they were probably definitely in a Saturn return. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah, or like people, kind of the negative effects of Saturn return is people might get a lot of divorces around this time, or maybe break up with their partners during this time, or may quit their jobs and go back to school or try something new. They're just figuring out what they want and what was in the past may no longer be serving them. Does this happen to everyone? No, but is it common? Yes. <laughs> so then you said the Mercury in retrograde is like entirely separate. So how does that tie into astrology then? Yeah, so when a planet is retrograde, it's act actually an optical illusion. Essentially, it is when a planet appears from the sky as if it's spinning backwards on its orbit. Now, that's not like gravitationally, I think that's a word, <laughs> possible. That's not something that can actually happen. But it's this optical illusion that happens based on the way that the energy shift and the orbits kind of move. So any planet can be retrograde. We're actually about to hop into a Jupiter retrograde soon. Um, I don't have the dates on that right now, but I'm sure I'll put that on Instagram soon. Um, we've had Mars retrogrades, but Mercury retrograde is kind of a buzzword because a lot of people freak out when this happens. And I attribute this a lot to BuzzFeed and other news sites and not to knock them, but it's definitely become a buzzword. Now, Mercury is our planet of communication, and it rules Gemini. So Gemini, represented by the twins, 
um, they're kind of known for having, you know, these two sides of themselves, these two personalities. Now, it's not saying that they're two-faced. It just means they have two different ways of presenting themselves to the world. So Mercury being a planetary ruler can have these two different sides. So this other side definitely shows itself within the retrograde. Mercury is also the planet of technology. So during Mercury retrograde, some of the main issues that come up are technological problems. Um, people's cars may be breaking down. Their equipment may be breaking down. Their technology may be going crazy and haywire. I always tell people, don't buy new technology during Mercury retrograde. It's really not a good idea. Um, and then with communication side of things, communication may be um, hindered in some way. So people may be experiencing um, their words being taken out of context or um, really just being miscommunicated during this time, things not getting through. So I always tell people don't make drastic decisions, like don't break up with someone during a Mercury retrograde because you may regret it. Don't say something that's kind of risky, just like err more on the side of caution during this time. Now, I don't think Mercury retrograde is always bad. And the reason I'm saying that is because it's all about perspective. Mercury retrograde is also a time where it brings things up to the surface. It's bringing up, okay, Sure, maybe I'm having these issues here, but how can I realign? How can I discover new parts of myself? My technology is breaking down. Okay, how can I be more present in the now? Maybe I'll go read a book. Maybe I'll go walk outside. Maybe I'll go do something different. Okay, maybe my communication is not the best. How can I focus on my communication with myself? Because that is something that won't be misunderstood. Maybe if I can't communicate with others, I'm going to work on my self-love. And so I think it's all about perspective. I like to go into Mercury retrograde with a more positive perspective of, you know what? Sure, things may happen that are unfortunate, but you know what? That's life. And I'm going to use this as a time to really work on my growth and my presence and my stability here in the now. And I think that's something that is one of the most important takeaways out of Mercury retrograde for sure. Does, is there like a scheduled about approximate time between when Mercury goes, Mercury goes in retrograde, like how many have we had in 2019 so far? Would you say, if you know? <laughs> we had one. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was February or March, about mid-March. Yes, because um, <laughs> it, it's kind of a weird communication thing, but um, I flew to LA and lost my laptop. <laughs> I swear to God, I put it on my story and I had like five people telling me it's Mercury in retrograde. And I'm like, shut up. Like, I just lost my laptop. I don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> yeah, I had um, a situation where it was funny. My car battery died out of nowhere. And then the next day I was on my way to a shoot. And my client texted me saying, hey, I can't like I have to reschedule because my car battery died. And then my friend was like, oh, my God, can you come pick me up? My car battery died. And it was five people within the same week. And that was like the beginning of Mercury retrograde. And I was like, OK, that's how this is going to go this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, yeah, because like you said, it is a buzzword. But I mean, it's like, yeah, for everyone in your own, just look into it and go into it with whatever perspective you want. But I just I find this also interesting. Yeah, I have, um, not to like plug my own stuff, but on my Instagram, I have a whole highlight about Mercury retrograde and I did a whole talk on um, why it's not necessarily a bad thing. So that's definitely something that people can check out if they want more information about that. Yeah, and you have even more astrology stuff on there. And I think you have like the manifestation on there and affirmations too, right? Yeah, I think you have like a little story for pretty much everything we're talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and if it's not on the story, then it's on my IGTV. So I'm slowly working on putting all of my talks up there too. It's happening kind of slower than I'd like, but it's getting up there. So there are lots of things to check out. <laughs> okay, and so then taking it to manifestation, I, I think a lot of my audience might know what manifestation is, but not really. Like, I think they just kind of know the word. And um, so could you kind of give a brief explanation of what manifestation is, just what the practice of it is? Yeah. So it's essentially the idea that your thoughts can become things. So I like to back it with the idea of physics. Energy is never created nor destroyed, right? So we have energy floating all around us. We're energy. Anything we touch is energy. The world is energy. And so manifestation is essentially like manipulating that energy in a way that we align with the energetic uh, frequency of that which we want in order to call it into our lives. It's kind of like when you're thinking about someone and then all of a sudden they call you out of nowhere and you're like, oh my God, why'd they call me? Or you're thinking of a song, it's like stuck in your head and then next thing you know, you hear it on the radio. It's because on some subconscious level, you aligned with that person or that song's energy enough for it to bring it into your life and so that's essentially what manifestation is I mean this makes total sense to me I've had those experiences and as an example could you share I know you mentioned briefly before but like a small manifestation that you did so maybe like what your intention behind it was how you like your practice for manifesting it and then like how you got it, like you mentioned before, um, a parking spot or coffee. So could you just kind of walk us through it if possible? Oh yeah. I manifest parking spots all the time. Um, I live in the San Francisco Bay area and parking is kind of a nightmare here. Um, it's really difficult to drive around and finding a parking spot, especially in San Francisco is almost impossible. So what I always do before I drive is, um, I set an intention in my car and I say, okay, there will be a perfect parking spot right in the very front that will be safe and protected from break-ins and towings and tickets and anything bad, and it will be right exactly where I need it to be. And it sounds kind of silly, it sounds kind of corny, but I say that every time I drive, and then things will happen where I'll be going to exactly where I need to be, and someone will be pulling out of a parking spot as soon as I get there, and then I get the spot. Or I'll find another spot and there's like two hours that someone left on the meter. So it's free for me. So it was like little things like that. And it's just kind of, I set this intention, but then I let it go. I'm not fixated on, okay, where's my parking spot? How am I going to park? How am I going to do this? I just relax and I trust that it's going to be there and that it's going to be fine. And I'm going to get exactly where I need to be. I'm not stressing over it the whole drive. I set that intention beforehand and then kind of forget about it until it's ready to park. And then I have been to park my car and it works great. So that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> it's true. Like you set an attention intention and if you believe in it, I mean, like what's to say that, you know, what's to happen. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anything is possible. Like in the grand scheme of things, like a parking spot is so not a big deal and yeah, everyone can do it. <laughs> so where would you suggest someone start if they do want to like learn about manifestation or maybe start working, you know, on themselves and working on developing a practice or, you know, a belief in manifestation? I think the first thing is to really do some self work and some self awareness and say, okay, am I open to this? Do I have any resistance towards this? Do I truly believe that this can happen? Because if you're going into it, like, 
mm, I think this could happen, but I'm pretty skeptical. I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe the universe will prove me wrong. It's not going to happen for you. You have to go in with the belief that, okay, you know what? Sure, maybe there's a little bit of doubt, but you know, this, this could happen for me. It's going to happen. It's going to be okay. And that's when things will begin to work for you. You have to be, you have to believe in it. And so getting yourself into a place where you're totally open to this, I think is the first step. Afterwards, I think there's a lot of amazing people who have so much incredible workout um, on manifestation. My personal favorite is an author and speaker. I think I mentioned her earlier. Her name is Gabby Bernstein. I absolutely love her. If you just Google her, you'll find so many videos and lectures and talks and things on her Instagram. And she really has some amazing resources. I recommend her book, The Universe Has Your Back. It's my favorite book. I've read it. God, probably like four or five times. I think it's fantastic. Um, Abraham Hicks is also an amazing resource. They're kind of the first ones who brought manifestation or this idea into the mainstream. And if you just go onto YouTube and type in Abraham Hicks, you will find thousands and thousands of hours of lectures for free. And those are amazing to just pop on while you're cleaning the house or you know, washing the dishes or doing some day task driving. Um, I think those are really great. I also really like, um, I'm like looking at my bookshelf right now and thinking like, who else is on there? Um, the secret is a good resource. I will, and I say that with hesitation in my voice because, um, uh, well, the secret is a book by Rhonda Byrne. Um, it tends to leave out some things, but I think it's it's a good introduction. It makes things super simple, but just kind of take it with a grain of salt. Um, my issue with that book is it leaves out the fact that you do still have to work. You can't just sit on your couch and eat potato chips and say, I want a million dollars. That's going to happen. You have to work for it too. Um, but it's, it's a good intro nonetheless. And I also really like um, Jake Ducey on YouTube. He makes a lot of amazing videos about manifestation that I think are really cool. Definitely Gabby Bernstein. I started reading her book a couple months ago and I'm, I'm still working through it. It's one of those things I just put, keep putting off to the side, even though every time I do, you know, sit down and read some of it, I, it connects with me so much and I absolutely love it. For anyone listening too, also like this is completely possible to do. Like you just have to believe, like we were saying earlier, um, when I first started getting into manifestation, I like you said before in my chart, I do have a good dose of skepticism in me, but this past year, a lot of that has gone out the window. And Shaman Dirk, I once heard him say this on a podcast, but he was saying something along the lines of, it was something about the lines of like the difference between a logical and a skeptical person, how like one person refuses to even experience it, just calling themselves skeptical or logical, but then the other person will experience it and then formulate their own thoughts and opinions on it. And that's how I've been approaching everything is that, okay, I'll give this a shot and see. And so I did that with manifestation. And the, one of the first things I manifested was Expo West, the natural products convention that goes on in California each year. I told myself, um, a year ago, Around this time, I was sitting in a high school classroom, stressed to the max with scholarships and all this crap. And um, I said to myself, I'm going to Expo West someday. I don't care what it takes. And 
but I didn't really believe that. And so then a couple months ago, I kept telling myself, I was like, I'm going to Expo West, even though, you know, I have no reason to even go. And so then I just kept believing it. And I kept telling myself that. And I was starting to kind of develop my own little manifestation practice. And then one night, my friend sent me a random link to apply for this like student application to go with VMG to Expo West. And I applied and they had thousands of applications. And I'm, <laughs> I'm a technical college dropout with no interest in business. Um, I didn't have any background, you know, like many resources at all. Basically, all I told them was, you know, I'm doing these projects and I have passion. That's it. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to Expo West. And we didn't find out until like a week before it. And so I just kept believing. And I even started planning my trip out West to go to it. And one night I opened up my email and I had been accepted. And I was the most underqualified student that they picked. <laughs> but I mean, I, I made it happen. And for some reason, you know, like they, they picked me and I fully believe it was because I believed in it. And so um, that was like a long winded rant or ramble. But um, yeah, I mean, this manifestation, like it can happen. You just have to believe. And so I love that. And I'll link all the resources um, that you stated below so people can check those people out. They can approach this however they want to. <laughs> that's awesome. That is such a cool story. And I think that's amazing. And yeah, it truly can happen for anybody. You just have to be open. And I want to say that a healthy dose of skepticism, I think is healthy. <laughs> and I think it's good to have a little bit. It's good to question things, but also remain open to the fact that you may be proven wrong. And you may experience something that is so new and so far outside of yourself. And I think it's amazing. Um, and with the college thing too, not to like go off on here, but I think it's so important to remind people that like, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to be interested in business to have a business. I have absolutely no interest in business and I run one. Um, I'm in college, but you know, I'm at my wits end with it. And I'm clearly like seeing why people don't do it and have respect for people to kind of go against the status quo and say, you know what, this isn't serving me. I'm going to do something else. I think that's fantastic. And I think people should just, you know, do what works for them and what makes them happy and in alignment. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And I, I think, I think a lot more people are, you know, coming to see that. So that's a beautiful thing happening. But um, yeah, so you mentioned you're at college. So I just wanted to touch on this. You're going to UC Berkeley, right? Yep, I am. Um, what are you studying, if you don't mind me asking? I'm studying sociology. Do you have like a plan to integrate that into your, like, like you said, you already have a business with photography and everything you do, honestly. Um, do you have like a way you want to integrate that into it? Or was there just a basic curiosity in the field? Um, honestly, there's no direct implementation. I just studied it because, I mean, the way that I grew up, my parents were like, you know, study whatever you want to study, do whatever you want to do, we'll support you as long as you get a college degree. So um, that was totally fine with me. So like not going to college wasn't kind of an option for me growing up. So I was just kind of realizing as I was getting out of high school, like, okay, I'm going to be an artist. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So I might as well just study something in college that's interesting to me. Um, and so sociology came about that way. And 
I guess the way I implemented is sociology is the study of groups of people and social interaction. And I'm interacting with people on a daily basis, meeting new people from all walks of life. So I think it definitely makes me a more conscious human being and makes me a little bit more aware and um, sensitive to how I interact with different types of people. Um, so I guess that's the only real implementation I have of my major. <laughs> no, and that's, that's so wonderful. I always say, I, I don't know yet, you know, what I want to do if I do want to just keep trying my own type of thing, or if I do want to go to college. But I always tell people, uh, if I make that decision, I'm, I'm going out of general curiosity, you know, so it will be journalism or communications or something that I, I want to learn about. You know, if, you, if you're putting all that time and money <laughs> into it, you might as well be genuinely like curious about it and enjoy studying it. So that's wonderful. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm still kind of mad that there's no such thing as an astrology degree because that would be <laughs> that beginning. But, you know, I guess sociology is the next best thing. <laughs> it has the ology in it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's close enough. <laughs> and I just realized I forgot to ask this before, but um, with your affirmations, you do, you share them every day on your stories, right? Every morning. I'm just curious, how do affirmations work? Yeah, so affirmations are a tool in your manifestation tool belt. They're not going to work for everybody. Not everyone's going to love them. And not everyone is going to resonate for you. That is totally okay and quite normal. An affirmation is basically just a statement that you repeat to yourself when you find yourself in a low vibration about something in order to kind of bring yourself back up to a positive state of mind and help set you on the course of manifesting what you actually want. For example, and this is a super basic example, if you just got out of a breakup, right? You could use the affirmation that I am loved. I am loved. And anytime you're thinking about, you know, oh, I'm so lonely. No one loves me. No, go back to the affirmation of, okay, I am loved. I am loved. And say that to yourself and then begin to visualize, okay, how are you loved? Are you loving yourself? Do you have a family that loves you? Do you have friends that love you? And it's a tool that you can use until you start to feel better. And the more you kind of say that and get in that state, you'll slowly start to experience yourself feeling better. Um, and so, yeah, they're just really a tool that you can use when you find yourself in a low state of mind or if you're in a positive state of mind. For example, you know, if you're um, happy but you want more money in your life, you want to be more financially stable, you could use the affirmation of, money flows to me endlessly, or I have more money than I know what to do with. And one thing you can also do too, instead of saying it out loud, is you could journal this, you could write it down because there's such a powerful, um, there's such a power in writing things down and putting pen to paper. So opening up your journal and writing that every single morning, I am financially stable. I am, I have more money than I know what to do with. Money flows to me endlessly. Things like that. Just keep writing that. And day by day, you'll slowly start to believe it. And with the way the universe works, you have to believe it before you'll see it. So that's why so many people can manifest money or love or anything that they want so easily is because they can use these affirmations and use it to help them believe that these things can happen for them. But yeah, again, they're not something that's going to work for everyone. And that's totally okay. I'll get messages from people being like, this didn't work for me. And, you know, it's just one tool. There's so many different tools that you can use to manifest. You can use, um, you can use affirmations. You can use meditation. You can use being out in nature. There's so many different things. And you just really got to find what works for you. If anyone wants to, like, watch the videos we were mentioning about you earlier 
or connect with you or just find you, where can they find you at? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at the road to Hana, the road to, and then H A N N A H. It's spelled like Hannah, but it's pronounced Hana, which is another kind of crazy story or the road to Hana.com. And the road to Hana on pretty much all social media. So Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, all of the above. <laughs> oh, and I will say I, I watched your YouTube vlog from the other day and I just love it. You're such a natural. So I really hope you like keep doing the YouTube <laughs> if you have time. Oh, you. It was so it was so neat. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm definitely gonna try to do more of those. It's Hard to find time for everything, but um, I'm definitely going to make YouTube a priority this year. Uh, okay, well, we'll just wrap up with some rapid fire questions. Um, and if you have anything else to add, feel, feel free to. But, okay, so what's your favorite meal at the moment? Ooh, my favorite meal is rice and tofu with veggies and like a sweet and sour homemade sauce. Oh my gosh, that's been, when I was in LA, I had that pretty much same dish at True Food Kitchen. That place is so good. Oh my gosh. I seriously ate there four times in two days. It was crazy. <laughs> my wallet didn't like me. But um, <laughs> so I, I, then I came home and recreated it and oh, I've been loving that. So yeah. So good. Or a sweet green salad. Those are always really good mm -hmm. too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. What's one moment that you're extremely proud of. Is it redundant to say my TED talk? Because I think that was the one moment in my life that I've been super proud of myself for. <laughs> That's why I kind of hesitated to ask because I was like, I feel like like we've already gone over this because it is such an accomplishment. And yeah, I just I think a better answer though. No, that. <laughs> if that's it, then that's it. I mean, <laughs> you know, live it. So yeah, I like that. <laughs> I think also this year, though, something I'm proud of myself for is making more time to have fun and slow down because I work so much that finding time to have fun has been something that I'm really proud that I'm taking steps to do. <laughs> yeah, that's one I need to work on. And I think a lot of people could. So that's a good one, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, if you could meet anyone in the world, past or present, who would it be? Anyone from the present? Mm, Gabby Bernstein, for sure. Mm, yeah. Oprah, Oprah, for sure. Oprah. <laughs> That's a tough decision, actually, between those. Oh, could I have, like, dinner with both of them? You could have, like, lunch with one and dinner with one. <laughs> I'll take that answer. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that would, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Okay, if you could yell one piece of advice from the rooftops for all to hear, what would it be? Love yourself. <laughs> no, so true. <laughs> okay, well, that was all my rapid fire for tonight. But just thank you so much for recording and donating your time to this. And I truly hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening, too. Oh my God, it was such an honor and such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, this is such a beautiful experience. I love getting to hear your story too. So as you guys know from the intro, I recorded this episode probably about two months ago and yet listening over it to edit it and record these intros and outros has me astounded all over again. I'm just fascinated by astrology, manifestation, affirmations, everything we talk about, her photography, you know, how she uses words. I'm just, those things like speak to my soul because there's something that isn't talked about a lot and I just, 
I'm always looking to learn more on it and expand my consciousness. And I just don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, exploring these different avenues of spirituality or life or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I think any education, any knowledge, any growth is for the best. And so why not do that through something like a podcast episode and through, you know, topics that you might not always be comfortable looking into. If this was something entirely new to you, you've never heard of these words before, that is amazing. Like, I really hope this, you know, sparks some interest in you. You can learn more about it on Anna's Instagram, The Road to Anna. You can research it for yourself. We mentioned a couple books and people in here, such as Gabby Bernstein and Jake Ducey and a few others. I'll link them below. You can check them out. Highly recommend that as well. And if you like today's show, feel free to write a rate and review on iTunes, even subscribe. Nevertheless, helps the show get out to more people, shows me what I'm doing right or wrong. You can leave me a critical review. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> if it's critical, maybe just skip it for now. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. It's been, it's been a long, long journey with this podcast and every episode I release is just another, another good moment for me. And I'm so happy to have you all following along. You can find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. Feel free to message me, tag me, whatever. I absolutely love communicating and connecting with people, which is why I started this podcast. So always feel free to reach out. Stay tuned for next week. We have another amazing guest and another interesting topic I think you guys will really like. See you next week. Bye.